Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see, before I get into the actual Prophecy Update, we all want to acknowledge that it is Linda Dwyer's birthday today. And so uh, we wish you a happy birthday. Yeah. And then we have some visitors. We've got some visitors, um, Andrew and Sanda. And I, you know, I never asked how you pronounce this. Pico? Pico. Pico. Okay. We had dinner last night and I never thought to ask how you pronounce your last name. It's one of those French names where it's got the Chevrolet. You take the T off. <laughs> anyway, so uh, there you go. And then we have Roger and Paula all the way from Oklahoma. They're visiting as well. So welcome to all of you guys. And... Uh, Really wonderful that you made this effort. I appreciate it very much. And like I said, I, they got here early last night, so we went out and had Thai food, which was very difficult. and had to twist all of our arms to get in there and eat that. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, our first category, as always, is Israel. And from the Times of Israel, Lieberman says, Israel developing missiles to hit anywhere in the Mideast. Now, I don't know if you saw the news in the past day or two, but Iran has got missiles that they have put into Iraq, and which they believe can hit Israel. And also, they are, have a missile development center, which has been identified by satellite in Syria. So, uh, this is kind of uh, one of those things where missiles are going to be flying, but they say that they are developing missiles right now in Israel to counter all of this and hit anywhere in the Middle East. State-owned arms manufacturer Israel Military Industries would deliver within a few yards an advanced integrated system allowing precise hits by remote launching. Lieberman added that the contract with IMI was budgeted at hundreds of millions of shekels. The project for setting up a precision rocket and missile system is underway. Part of it is already in production and part is in the final phases of R&D. Lieberman said, we are acquiring and developing precision fire systems that will allow the IDF to cover within a few years every point in the region. Israel is considered the leading military power in the Middle East and believed to be the only country in the region to possess nuclear weapons. And we know they have them. It's just that it's never been actually acknowledged in public. But foreign military experts say it is several batteries of its Jericho ballistic missile capable of delivering nuclear warheads. IMI said in 2004 that it had produced a cruise missile, the Delilah, with a range of 150 miles. I love the name, Delilah, on that one. Yeah, all right. The, this planned missile corps is believed to act as the offensive counter to the Lebanese Hezbollah terror group's own huge arsenal of more than 100,000 short and medium-range rockets. It will allow Israel to fire at Hezbollah targets from its own territory using a system more precise than artillery fire and ostensibly safer than aerial attacks, which often place pilots and planes in enemy territory. And from Ynet, an Israeli development will save lives in mass casualty events. This is rather interesting. It's not the kind of thing you'd normally see in a Prophecy update, I'm sure, but Israel is at the forefront of technology, and I thought that I'd add that in here instead of the uh, technology section. Israeli medical startup CardioScale developed a portable sensor that can be used to check vital cardiovascular data in seconds and determine the patient's actual condition. 
Based on this, the urgency of treatment for each patient can be determined, creating a real-time on-site treatment prioritization tool. What would you call that in uh, like MASH, if you ever watched MASH? Uh Triage, right? Well, they've got a thing that does it now just automatically. Mm -hmm. All right, let's see here. It says... um, In the first measurement, it examines the patient's condition, and in the second measurement, it gives a direction of the change in the patient's condition, either improving or deteriorating. After developing the algorithm, CardioScale transitioned to the clinical stage. They collected medical information from databases of more than 900 patients in different conditions and analyzed their medical events, situations, and outcome. The analysis gave good results, and the study validated the algorithm. The algorithm, as we envision it, can also be used to analyze other systems because it is a system that prioritizes treatment in different critical situations. The situation in which the body undergoes pressure indicates a condition that appears to be normal in terms of heart rate and blood pressure, when actually deterioration had already commenced. Okay, our system is able to recognize very early beginning of the deterioration at a stage when the body compensates and falsely displays a non-alarming medical picture. No other existing model can identify deterioration as early as we do. This may save unnecessary treatments in intensive care, complications during surgery, patients discharged earlier than needed, and so on. So this isn't just something for like the battlefield or, you know, out on a, you know, when a, what do you call it, an ambulance goes out and checks on somebody. This is something that will check on people that need to be discharged from the hospital. Maybe they need to stay on and on. Very interesting. Go Israel. From Mail Online. There's only so much you can take before you say enough is enough. We wonder how uh, God would gather all the Jews back into the land of Israel. And we've seen dozens and dozens of different ways it's been happening. And he says he's going to do it from all over the world. Well, it's happening in the UK as well. Jewish lawyer and his businesswoman wife are leaving the United Kingdom after being bombarded with anti-Semitic abuse by Corbinistas. Corbin is in the government there. He's very anti-Semitic, and these people that follow him are just, they're, they're giving the Jews a tough time. And so here we go. Mark Lewis and Mandy Blumenthal said they will move to Israel in December. The pair said they have received death threats and a barrage of abuse recently. They said Jeremy Corbin had led the anti-Semitic genie out of the bottle. The Labor Party insists that it is committed to tackling the anti-Semitic abuse. Well, Labor Party means it's the Democrats of America, and you would expect that. But as always, it's nations taking their best and sending them out and continuing to bring in the trashiest and allowing them to just have free reign in the country. And we're seeing this all over the world, especially in Europe and that area. Very sad stuff. But it's a benefit for Israel because these people will be productive citizens there. And then from the Jerusalem Post, Canada Conservative Party, not that it matters at all, but they did it anyway. They recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital. The adopted resolution recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and advocates the move of Canada's embassy to that city. Until they get rid of that current crummy guy, it's not going to happen. But uh, hopefully Canada will have an epiphany and get back onto sound, uh, you know, politics and some, some people moving back to the right. But we'll see where that goes. From Christian News Today, Breitbart, amid sex abuse scandal, Catholic bishops want more 
taxpayer-funded refugees. So we've got a little diversion going on here. We've got all of this problem with the Catholic Church, and instead of handling that, they say, well, we need more refugees, and we need tax dollars for it. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops began circulating a petition to President Trump last month through its Justice for Immigrants campaign that urges him to authorize the resettlement of at least 75,000 refugees in the United States in fiscal year 2019. One of the nine voluntary agencies that have collectively been paid billions of federal taxpayer dollars since the Refugee Act of 1980 created the Refugee Mission Program to resettle an estimated 2 million-plus refugees in the United States. The Organization of Catholic Bishops also issued a statement of apology last week for its failure to exercise moral leadership in the burgeoning Pennsylvania sex abuse scandal. The various organizations operating under the umbrella of the USCCB are highly dependent on the federal taxpayer funding provided to resettle refugees. 40% of the bishop's money come from government contracts serving immigrants through Catholic nonprofits, charities, and relief services. Critics argue that the Catholic Church needs the addition of immigrants from Latin America to survive, since 40% of native-born Catholics leave the church. And we can attest to that in this little church, because half of you are from the Catholic faith, or whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> the uh, currently one in four Catholic adults in the U.S. today are foreign born. And so there you go. What they want to do is they want to keep lining their pockets. They want to get government money, which they don't have to do anything for. They hire people at a cheap rate to bring in these immigrants. They give them a home for a short amount of time, get them into the society, whether they're ready for it or not, and they get all of that federal money. And so that is what's going on. It has nothing to do with loving people. It has nothing to do with compassion. It is solely lining their pockets and having people that will come in and hopefully become a part of their Catholic church and give them money all the years that they're here. So very sad stuff. We need to work against that, and we have the right guy in the White House to argue. Oh, having said that, let me say something about um, our president. This is for the people that are sitting in here right now, okay, sitting in this building right now. I, because I love our president, and if you feel the same way as I do, I am going to send him from the superior word a card that says we're so grateful. So please sign that, and I'm going to send that up to him this week. And so please, if you want to do that, that'll be right there. Sign that and uh, leave enough room for everybody. Don't get weepy in there, but uh, let him know that he's loved, and we'll send that to him because he has really gone through a bad patch lately. And uh, he, uh, he, I think he needs some moral support, and he definitely needs our prayers, okay? He is just, these people are just tearing him apart. Yeah. Two funerals this week of people that, you know, all they did was badmouth the president instead of, you know, showing compassion to the dead person. Absolutely crazy. Let's go on. From CBN, 1,839 soldiers in five months. 1,839 soldiers in five months. A great move of God in Missouri as record number of troops come to Christ. Have you seen this on CNN or isn't this wonderful? A USA chaplain says a revival is taking place on the base at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. Since March, nearly 2,000 soldiers have reportedly come to the Lord. Chaplain, I guess it's Jose, it might be Jose, I don't know, whatever, Rondon, ministers at the base each week and has been posting testimonies and baptisms of new converts on his Facebook page. Today, 380 soldiers came to salvation in Christ once and for all, in one day. Rondon says in one post, 
thanking Chaplain Tony Check, I guess you pronounce it, for the excellent, clear, and powerful messages during the three services. Since March 11, 2018, we have seen 1,839 soldiers coming to Christ. God's doing an unbelievable work through our military at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. May God bring the same powerful conviction of sin and love for him that we are experiencing at Maine Post Chapel all throughout our nation and his world. In an interview with the Baptist Press, Rondon said that being in international and sharing the gospel has been key to the conversions. That guy deserves a, a big round of applause. He deserves our thanks, and he needs our prayers, too, because you know the uh, FFRF or one of these organizations is going to start coming after him. So we need to just pray for this guy and just thank the Lord that there are people that are willing to minister. Not, you know, anybody can be a chaplain nowadays. You can be a, a Satan worshiper and be a chaplain in the military. It's crazy. But this guy is bringing people to Christ. So that's wonderful. From PMC... This has absolutely nothing to do with prophecy, but I thought I'd throw it in there in case, you know, I see a church without a pastor and it breaks my heart and this is a really cool location. So I thought I'd throw it in if somebody's listening to the update and they want a, a church to pastor. This is very cool. My friend sent this to me from England, Scottish Island of 650 people. It's off the coast of Scotland. Seek faithful minister for Hawaii of the North. The Isle of Tyree, look it up. It is beautiful. Go online, look up the Isle of Tyree and it's just as Beautiful, beautiful place. Anyway, um, it has been without a minister at Tyree Parish Church for two years. But a member and a pastor nearby say it's worth joining them. Since the previous pastor left, the congregation of around 20 to 30 on Sundays have visiting speakers from the mainland who often stay in the Mans for a fortnight. That means two weeks, kids. A fortnight. And preach for two Sundays and then return home. So there you go. It's a beautiful place. If somebody wants to be a pastor of a, a really nice-looking church, it's probably liberal. You know how they, everything in Scotland and all over there is going away. But if you get somebody that loves the Lord and gets them stirred up to the Word of God, there could be 650 people on the island, 650 people that really want to know Jesus more. Hey, and if they can't find a pastor, you know what? They could join us here at the Superior Word live streaming. That would They can all sit in the church and watch us, but uh, whatever. I just pray that somebody will go and minister to them. That's what I hope for. From Newsmax, new Marriott rooms to get a Bible. Good news, right? But it's kind of bad, too. Book of Mormon as well. Marriott International, which bought Starwood two years ago, has begun putting copies of the Bible and the Book of Mormon in recently acquired hotels. By year's end, it expects to place the books in 300,000 rooms. Marriott, whose namesake founding family is active in the Mormon Church, which is too bad, has been putting both the Bible and the Book of Mormon in its rooms since opening its first hotel in the late 1950s. Like most major chains, Marriott doesn't own the majority of its hotels. However, it stands out from other companies by requiring its 6,500 properties to have the books in each room. According to STR, a hotel data firm, the number of U.S. hotels that offer religious materials in their rooms has dropped over the last decade to 79% in 2016 from 95% in 2006. Luxury hotels were the least likely to offer them, with just 51% saying they did. And urban and resort hotels were less likely to offer them than hotels in suburban or along interstates. So there you go. It's The sad part is that they're Mormon run. And so they're putting in the Book of Mormon. But if you stay at a Marriott for some reason, just take the Book of Mormon and 
put it where it belongs and leave the Bible there and maybe get your highlighter and highlight it and leave it out on the uh, on the bed for the uh, wait. What do you call it? The lady that cleans the room or whatever. But yeah, but we can be inventive with these type of things. All right, from Islam today, Libya. Once again, I've mentioned this, is that we have all of these places that are said to be coming against Israel and Gog Magog. I say it week by week. Libya is one of them that has not been in any position to do this yet. I've highlighted a guy named Haftar in the past who seems like a likely candidate for this because he's aligned with the Russians, okay? But now this week and last week, uh, later last week and all of this week, they've been having problems in Libya. So they are, once the turmoil begins and somebody takes over, whoever it is, then from there, they will align with Russia, with Iran and these other countries, and off against Israel they will go. This is one of the key countries we want to pay attention to. Libya erupting into a new civil war as rival factions battle on streets of Tripoli. Long forgotten in Western mainstream media, Libya has suddenly come back into the headlines as a small civil war is erupting within areas under control of the UN-recognized Government of National Accord in Tripoli. The fighting erupted between local militias and Al-Khani tribal fighters from Tarhuna, which is southeast of Tripoli, who are sending reinforcements to the country's north. Since the NATO-backed overthrow of Gaddafi in 2011, Libya has remained split between rival parliaments and governments in the east and west, with militias and tribes lining up behind each, resulting in fierce periodic clashes. Perhaps the most significant of these warring militias is the guy I mentioned, Khalifa Haftar, Libyan National Army, which controls much of eastern Libya. Haftar is reportedly poised to make a move on Libya's vital oil crescent region, while bolstering his forces with Chadian, or I can't, I don't know who that is, some mercenaries, though the recently liberated Libya has remained conflict-prone after NATO and U.S. forces promised an Arab Spring style of blossoming of democracy, things have clearly only gone from worse to worse as the capital now inches towards full-blown civil war. This was inevitable, and when this is resolved, however it is resolved, we know that they are going to be allying with Russia. And that's why I say this guy, Khalifa Haftar, he is the one that I would put my money on at this point because he's in their uh, sites. He's uh, traveled to uh, Russia. Russians are coordinating with him. And if they get control of Libya, they'll have that oil. And then they'll, they'll say, we are going into Israel. We're going to strangle off Israel. We will have the whole Middle East. That's the idea here. So from ABC, this is just a day ago. Clashes escalate in Libya's capital killing 26. From the Times of Israel, Air France, British Airways to end flights to Tehran as U.S. reimposes sanctions. We've already had KLM and a couple others I've mentioned. Now Air France and British Airways announced that they will halt flights to Tehran next month, citing low profitability as the U.S. reimposes sanctions on Iran. Air France, which had run connections to Iranian capital via its low-cost operating June, J-O-O-N, said that it would axe the route on September 18th. British Airways says its decision was unrelated to President Trump's imposition of new sanctions on Iran, which has prompted many foreign businesses to pull out of the country. So absolutely, it's not unrelated. It has everything to do with it. And as I said, uh, KLM will be ending on the same day, the 18th. So it's just by chance that they got unprofitable on the 18th with all the other, uh, you know, they just don't want to admit that Trump is having an effect in this world. Let's see here from Times of Israel, U.S. slashes aid to 
Palestinians by more than $200 million. That was at the beginning of the week, right? Good news, the State Department announced suggesting those taxpayer funds no longer served American interests, which they never did. They never served it. We have somebody that realizes that finally. The move is the ostensible result of a review of U.S. assistance to the Palestinian Authority that President Trump ordered in January. Following the Palestinian outrage over his decision to recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital and move the U.S. Embassy there. As a result of that review, at the direction of the president, we will direct more than $200 million in economic support funds originally planned for programs in the West Bank and Gaza. Those funds will now address high-priority projects elsewhere. Good job, President Trump. From the Times of Israel, adding uh, salt into the wound, U.S. announces it's cutting all funding to the Palestinian Refugee Agency. State Department says the U.S., which provides almost 30% of the UNRWA budget, will no longer commit further funding to this irredeemably flawed operation. Wonderful stuff. Thank you, President Trump. Okay, and then as adding salt and a little bit of alcohol into the wound, here we go from Behold Israel, report Trump administration to reject Palestinian right of return. Remember, they say they have millions of people that have a right to return, and the uh, United Nations has allowed them to claim these people. Nobody else ever in the United Nations, and it violates United Nations rule to say that descendants of people that were exiled have a right to return, but they have done this with them. In reality, instead of millions of them, there's about 10 to 20,000 maybe that have a right to return under UN laws. And we are now saying that is going to be the case. The report claims the U.S. will reject the UNRWA's definition of Palestinian refugees, combating the inflated number claimed by the United Nations. Of the United Nations claim of over 5.3 million, one half a million would be recognized, and it won't be that many. They are just setting the parameters now. When they find out the people that are actually alive at the time of that, uh, it'll be much, much less. It'll be in the tens of thousands only. But they're being gracious right now by saying half a million, okay? It ain't going to be a half a million. Israel media claimed the process would include several steps that would be announced in September. The measures are in line with the Trump admin's efforts in debunking and defunding the United Nations' Palestinian agenda. Thank goodness for this president. No wonder the whole world hates him. The whole world hates him because he's doing the right thing. He's doing it again and again and again. Hence the card. Please sign it if you support him. From AFP, Iran, Russia, Turkey to hold Syria summit next week. The presidents of Iran, Russia, and Turkey will meet on September 7th. That's coming soon to, uh, what, uh, Thursday? Thursday near you, I think. Maybe it's a Friday. Anyway, um, in Iran for their third tripartite summit on seeking to end the conflict in Syria. Turkish state television says President Erdogan will travel to Iran to meet with his Russian and Iranian counterparts, Putin and Rouhani. There you go. From The Guardian, Iraq is dying Oil flows freely, but corruption fuels growing anger. They've got all the oil going out and people are skimming it off the top. The Iranians are going in there. They're taking over Iraq. It's bad news right now in that country. We know that Iraq is not mentioned in any way, shape, or form in the uh, nations coming against Israel. And that means probably Iran will go in and they will become assimilated into them as a part of the 
revived Persian Empire of the past. That's probably what's going to happen. I don't want to speculate too far, but they're not mentioned. It doesn't mention Iraq. It says Persia. Well, they were all part of the Persian Empire in the past, so that's probably what's going to happen. When Daniel says Persia, he's thinking of the entire region. From Ynet, U.S. offers to withdraw from Syria in exchange for Iranian withdrawal. That means they would have to be completely out of there. They are not going to agree to that. And so the United States will stay in there with Russia, Iran, and everybody else that uh, is in that really troubled country right now. And then from the Daily Caller, CNN runs sympathetic. Remember the guys out in, uh, what was it, uh, New Mexico that were killed their kid and had all the bombs and everything out there? Mm -hmm. CNN runs a sympathetic headline of how the New Mexico compound family struggled. So, yeah, it just, it's terrible. I mean, the news media in this country is absolutely crazy. They're crazy people. Whatever. And, you know, our president's right about them. Fake news, everything is bad. I mean, he's right on target. From Mongolia, from the Courier Sun. In Australia, oh, did you see they dropped the charges against them? Yes. Yeah, they dropped the charges. But guess what? The feds have gone in now and they've brought charges against yeah. them because we have the right president. Yeah. Good job. Okay, from the Courier Sun. An Australian and his British workmate have won the 2018 Mongol Derby, the world's longest and toughest horse race. Did you know that? They got the Mongol Derby. It's the longest and toughest horse race in the world. And an Australian couple went up there. And actually, an Australian and his British workmate went up there and they won. So here we go. Adrian Corboy was crowned the joint winner after crossing the finish line of the 1,000-kilometer trek across Mongolia with teammate Annabelle Nisham. The event recreates the horse messenger system developed by Genghis Khan in 1224 using hardy and semi-wild native horses. The riders, adventurers from around the world, cover up to 160 kilometers a day between dawn and dusk, navigating independently and changing horses at 40-kilometer intervals. The horse stations are manned by nomadic herding families as they traditionally were. The winning pair from Australia received no vet penalties at all throughout the entire race. They completed the race in six days and faced typical Mongolian weather, monsoon rain, fog, boiling hot sun, cold in one minute, hot the next, as well as the flooded steppe with lots of rivers to cross. So, sounds like fun, doesn't it? Cool. Daniel 12 Technology from CNS. I got a lot of horse lovers on my Facebook uh you know, friend list, and some of them watch the Prophecy Update, and uh, I know they'll get a kick out of that. And I, we have people that attend from Australia, so I know they'll get a kick out of that as well. So that's why I added that one in. Daniel 12 Technology from CNS. U.S. Customs busts its first illegal alien via new facial recognition software at the D.C. airport. On only the third day, using its new cutting-edge facial comparison biometric system, the U.S. Customs officers at Dulles International Airport recorded their first illegal alien bust utilizing the new technology, arresting a Congolese man posing as a Frenchman. Dulles is one of 14 early adopter airports to launch the use of facial recognition technology to expedite the entry inspection process of arriving international passengers and began the enhanced entry process on August 20th of 2018. So there you go. You know, a lot of people don't like that facial recognition technology. It doesn't bother me. If you're doing what's right, you know, it's like people always say, I get scared when cops are around. You should feel good when they're around if you're doing what's right. Me, sometimes if I get a little fast getting to work or something, maybe that's not so good. But in, in the end, as long as you are doing what is right, 
It's not a problem. And I am certain of a pre-tribulation rapture. So we don't have to worry about this affecting us in a one-world global system, okay? The Lord is coming for his people, and then the world's going to devolve. In the meantime, just do what's right, and things will be okay. All right? From Fox News. I love this type of technology. I know some people aren't into war, but I'm a, I love war stuff. So new Air Force B-2, Earth-penetrating nuclear weapon changes combat strategy. The B-6112 adds substantial new levels of precision targeting and consolidates several different kinds of attack options into a single weapon. Now, the B-6112 is something that's been around for eons, and they've just continued to upgrade it. Well, now they've got some real interesting upgrades on it. Excuse me. Instead of needing separate variants of the weapon for different functions, the B-6112 by itself allows for earth-penetrating attacks, low-yield strikes, high-yield attacks, above-surface detonation, and bunker-buster options. In other words, you just tell the thing what you want it to do, and it'll go do it. Instead of changing out all the parts and saying, okay, we, we got to put on the different fin. You know, it's uh, Star Trek. You got, we need this geared for this. We got to get that photon torpedo out. Are you done there, Scotty? I'm hurrying, Captain. We don't have to do that. They just tell the thing to do it, and off it goes and does it. Okay? The latest version of the B-61 thermonuclear gravity bomb is engineered as a low to mid-yield strategic and tactical nuclear weapon, which also states the weapon has a two-stage radiation implosion design. That's a real bomb there. By bringing in an earth-penetrating component, the B-61-12 vastly increases the target scope or envelope of attack. It can enable more narrowly targeted or pinpointed strikes at high-value targets underground without causing anywhere near the same level of devastation above ground or across a wider area. A nuclear weapon that detonates after penetrating the earth more efficiently transmits its explosive energy to the ground. Thus, it is more effective at destroying deeply buried targets for a given nuclear yield. A detonation above ground, in contrast, results in a larger fraction of the explosive energy bouncing off the surface. You know, a bomb explodes here. and it, Hold a firecracker in your hand like this, and what happens? It goes bang. If you hold it in your hand like this, it blows off your fingers. That's the idea here. It goes deep into the ground, and then it blows up. So it's great technology. Revelation Plague Study. Not that we want to use it. I'm not a proponent of using these things. It's just we have them. Uh, what is it? The Strategic Air Command. Strength through deterrence, right? If you don't have them, then people will come against you. If you have them, they probably won't. Okay? Revelation Plagues. Yahoo. No grass. Europe's livestock sector stricken by drought. I don't know if you know that, but Europe has really been in bad shape here. Mediterranean countries long ago adapted their farming practices to little rain, but this year it is the north of Europe confronting a widespread drought that could see farmers having to send much of their herds to slaughter due to a lack of feed. In Sweden, where swaths of territory were burned by wildfires this summer, the grain harvest is expected to be down around 30%, and it's unclear whether recent cooler temperatures will allow farmers to take in more hay. The situation is similar in Germany, where officials say one in 25 farms is at risk of going out of business. In Lower Saxony, a key region for growing fodder crops, the harvest is expected to be more than 40% down from normal years. In the Netherlands, the deficit for fodder is estimated to be 40 to 60%. The English countryside is far from its normal undulating green this year, having not seen a drought like this in 80 years. 
Milk production is down sharply due to a lack of hay. In France, the East has been suffering since the beginning of July and the rest of the country since August. As prices for fodder and hay climb higher, guess what? Farmers are sending animals to the slaughterhouse earlier than usual. In Britain, the number of cattle slaughtered jumped by 18% in July, with dairy cows making up a large portion. They can't get dairy, but they got to stay alive. They got to pay for their farms, and so they're sending in their dairy cows. In Germany, where the government has unlocked emergency aid for farmers, there was a 10% increase in animals slaughtered in the first two weeks of July. Bad times over there. From Haaretz, 74 Israelis have contracted the West Nile fever, 14 with severe symptoms, health ministry says. So there you go, West Nile virus is in Israel. For Morality Today, from the Christian Institute, the British Medical Association. Sounds like a really austere bunch of people, right? Smart people, make the right decision all the time, like the American Medical Association. Listen to this. BMA, let doctors euthanize dementia patients. A recent court, doctors get to decide. A recent court ruling allowed doctors, what's that? We didn't see that. We didn't see that coming, yeah. Recent court ruling allowed doctors to remove clinically assisted artificial nutrition and hydration from some patients with the family's agreement. These proposals go much further. The BMA wants to extend it beyond those who are minimally conscious and dying immediately to patients with more common conditions, even where they could live for years. The document says the rules should apply to patients with recognized degenerative conditions such as advanced dementia, Parkinson's or Huntington's disease, or stroke patients with rapidly progressing brain injury. Under the proposals, doctors would be instructed, listen to this, to report that a patient died as a result of their original condition. Not that they euthanized them, rather than having their nutrition and hydration removed. Professor Pulishino said this directs doctors to falsify death certificates. It tells doctors to put down the existing, pre-existing condition and not that they died of dehydration. It will totally conceal the statistics of patients who are being dehydrated to death. Can you imagine that's going on in England? Can you imagine that? Yeah, well, now we can. I mean, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have even thought of it. But that's what happens when you have, what, socialized medicine, medicine right? Exactly. All of a sudden, we can't afford this, and we got to get rid of some people. So we get, take out what Hitler did. Take out the degenerates. Take out yep. the people that are in the insane asylums. Take out all the old people. If you're over 54, if you're over 55, <laughs> you've got to go, right? I mean, anyway, you see my logic there. It, who determines that? You know? <laughs> It's terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible. But this is Nazi Germany being done on a uh, on a global scale. That's right. Socialized medicine. Oh boy, it's terrible. All right, from LifeSite, California. They have made. I can't tell you how many articles, insane articles, I've read out of California this week. Probably 150 of things that you would say, "What?" I've got a couple of them here, and I'll put some more in today. But yeah. California bill would mandate free abortions at all college and university campuses. That's it. It's the law you have to provide at the college. The California State Assembly is expected to vote next week on a bill that would require colleges and universities to offer abortion drugs on campus. Senate Bill 320, sponsored by pro-abortion Democrat Senator Connie Levia, would require California public universities and community colleges to provide abortion drugs up to 10 weeks of pregnancy at their student health centers. It also would require the taxpayer-funded schools to cover the cost of the abortions in their student health insurance plans. We 
order you to abort those children. If passed, the pro-abortion mandate would go into effect in 2020. I hope the Lord comes before that. Amen. From Haaretz. Pope, parents of gay kids shouldn't condemn them. He said, well, you know, you shouldn't condemn your gay kids. He says, you can try to talk them out, whatever, but don't condemn them. Yahoo, nine-year-old commits suicide after coming out as gay to his classmates. Okay, the mom said, I love you anyway, and she supported him in it. They belittled him, and he killed himself. This is what the Pope thinks is okay. You got somebody that's nine years old, he doesn't even know what being gay means. He's just a little boy and he's confused because of all this junk they're showing on TV nowadays. Our other category, oil price. Texas exports. Anybody read this article this week? This is good news. I love our president. I love what's happening in our nation, at least from that side. Texas exports more oil than it imports for the first time Ever. Yes, the Texas Gulf Coast oil terminal sent abroad more crude than they received in April. The Energy Info admin said during that month, crude oil exports from the Houston Galveston port district exceeded imports by 15,000 barrels per day. Over the next month, the advantage of exports over imports well further to an impressive 470,000 barrels per day. Total U.S. oil exports in May hit a record of 2 million barrels per day, with Houston-Galveston's share of the total as a record-breaking 70%, from an average of about 50% since the middle of 2017. So you can see what's gone up because of our president, the EIA said. Texas is on track to become the biggest oil producer after Russia and Saudi Arabia. Texas alone. Just Texas. Amazing. According to production estimates, if the estimates turn out to be correct, the Lone Star State will be pumping almost 6 billion barrels per day in 2019. That's one year away. From Officer.com, California lawmakers moved to cap prison time for felons to stop devastation in communities of color. So, sentencing people is racist now. Committing a crime is racist. And charging people bail is racist. Here we go. California's approach to crime and punishment is complicated enough that a state watchdog agency once referred to it as a chaotic labyrinth of laws with no cohesive policy or strategy. The penal code covers thousands of different offenses, each carrying three terms of varying lengths that may be applied depending on mitigating or aggravating circumstances. Convictions for multiple charges can be served concurrently or consecutively, while hundreds of possible enhancements sometimes add more time to an inmate's sentence than the underlying crime. Lawmakers are moving to change that this month with Senate Bill 1279, which would largely limit the maximum term of imprisonment for felony convictions to twice the length of the base term. Senator Stephen Bradford, a Gardena Democrat, of course, who is carrying the measure, said in a written statement that decades of a tough-on-crime mentality devastated communities of color in the state. Until we can prove that longer sentences are an effective deterrent to crime, longer sentences are an effective deterrent to crime and increase public safety, they're not on the streets, are they? There is absolutely no reason we should dole out extreme and harsh sentences for all cases, which research has widely proven to disproportionately impact black and brown people. Well, that's because the Democrats have put the black and brown people in the position that they are in. They're in bondage because of Democrats, and their only recourse of getting ahead in life is thievery. Because if they go out and earn money, what happens? They kick them out of the projects. We see it every single Saturday of our lives. If they work and they do it on the books, 
then they will be kicked out of the projects. And it's the only thing they can afford. So now they don't make enough to get out of the projects, but they can't be in the projects. It is a cycle. And this is what Democrats have done to these people. And they're out there committing crimes. If they're the ones that are doing it, guess what? They have to serve their prison sentence, except in California. Absolutely crazy. They have built a system of failure. The Democrats of this nation have built a system of failure. Can we force secession? Yes, I wish we could. Force secession of California. That would be great. From Zero Hedge, California introduces bill to ban soda from kids' menus. The California legislature passed a bill banning restaurants from restaurants from selling soda with kids' meals and instead requires them to offer a healthier alternative, including milk, water, or 100% juice. But the customer of the meal can buy an extra soda for the child, thus negating the intended effects the bill hopes to accomplish. Absolutely crazy. Typical Democrats. Everything they do is stupid. From the Sacramento Bee, ICE. ICE has begun making arrests at the Fresno Superior Court. They can't get these people to cooperate, so they're going into the court and they're arresting people. Good job, ICE. ICE officials went inside a Sacramento courtroom to make an arrest. ICE agents have been making arrests inside the Fresno County Courthouse for about a month and recently made an appearance at the Tullery, I guess is how you pronounce it, County Superior Court. But Wednesday's arrest might be the first inside a courtroom in California. An attorney with the Sacramento Public Defender's Office said she witnessed Wednesday's arrest. She said ICE agents were being obstructionists. They're doing their job. It's they who are, you know, this is the same thing we see all the time. Projection, projection. We are doing something wrong, but we are going to say you are doing something wrong. I was watching the YouTube this morning, listening to some songs while I was getting things ready. And what do they have? They have a Red Tide commercial now, blaming our governor for red tide. It's his fault that this naturally occurring thing is happening. And the, 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 the what do you call it? The somnambulant public is going to believe this. They're, going to, they're just asleep and they say, oh, it's his fault because he's running this. The only reason why this is an issue at all is he's running for Senate against a known abortionist. What's his name? Bill Nelson. Or yeah, we want to get rid of that guy. He's been in there too long. He's done nothing except bring more abortion laws forward. It's crazy. Okay. His what? Yeah, his daughter didn't win, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we have uh, Zero Hedge, San Francisco poop patrollers, you know, because they can't tell people not to poop in the street. Uh, Guess how much they make? $185,000 a year for going around, yes, and cleaning up poop. Yep, mail online. Only one person has been charged after Chicago's most violent weekend of the year, which saw 75 people shot. One person has been arrested. One person. All right, from Mail Online, four Georgia college cheerleaders who kneeled for the national anthem are cut from the squad. Good job. From the College Fix, professor canceled office hours because university allows concealed carry, says he no longer feels safe. And they're going to let him do it. From Weasel Zippers, MSNBC guest, racism is a white person problem. Yes. White is a color. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, yeah, we got lots of non-whites here, don't we? Zero hedge. <laughs> U.S. inmates demand living wage amid largest prison strike in history. I'll read that again. U.S. inmates demand living wage amid largest prison strike in history. They get a free place to live. They get free water. They get free food. They get cable TV. That sounds like living wage to me. Why would we give them anything else? If they want to work and make something, great, go ahead, but we're not paying you for it. I don't understand that. Okay. 
Yes, they get everything free. Why? That's a living wage. Okay, I got a less work here for you. They are soldiers of ours and the cross. They have turned into gain what was loss. They have fought the good fight, went from darkness to light, because their CEO's the son of the boss. Amen. Good job, Les. Good job, Les. I got a couple ironies for you here. Mail online. Kind of sad, but it's ironic. 22-year-old man stabbed to death in southeast London near to an anti-knife poster. The knife, the poster did a good job, didn't it? It's typical liberals. Don't stab each other. Put up a poster. Spend tax money on that from CBS. 16 Antifa protesters arrested after clashes with police. They were chanting, kill all police officers. Yeah, there you go. So they arrested them. And I got something, a little bonus for you today because those were so depressing. My friend Derry always posts fun things on his uh, wall on Facebook. This is uh, from Libnuts. It's got the, uh, you know, Snoopy dancing. You know how you see Snoopy dancing and the girl, what's her name, Lucy? Yeah, Lucy goes up to him. I don't understand you. Here's Snoopy dancing. Donald Trump is destroying the whole world and you're dancing. Donald Trump, he's dancing and talking to himself now. Donald Trump is only destroying your world. And that's why I'm dancing. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.